It's time for the Orlando Lions Den podcast with your hosts, JJ, Eddie, Cleon, and Alex Brown. Get Urso going forward more. Now there's bigger questions for New York City defendant. Nani within range and scores brilliantly. He is a one-man highlight reel this season. Undimmed by the passing years. The opening day, he showed up here in Orlando City, both on and off the field. Energy's been contagious, attitude's been contagious, but most importantly, the special moments he has really delivered in a variety of ways. Oh, he's in. Medina, he could win it here for New York City. Galeza prevents it. Huge opportunity for Hazels Medina to step his mark on this. Another edition of Orlando Lions Den Podcast. I'll be your host tonight. This is Cleon One. I'm here with my boy, Eddie the Commish. How you doing, Eddie? What's up, man? I'm glad to be back. Undefeated. Yeah. <laughs> and we got, I believe this I believe this is the first time, Graham. What's up, y'all? Yeah. There we go. And uh, welcome back, Mr. Kyle Butler. What's going on, guys? Good to be back. All right. Um, oh. Sponsors, Eddie. Sponsors. You know I don't do oh. this. You know I don't do this. You know I don't okay, do this. Okay, right, we. Oh. I don't know all of J. I don't know all of JJ's restaurants or places. JJ has like sponsors for like the people who straighten your hair at like the international <laughs> outlets. You know, prime outlets and the, where you get like Hello Kitty luggages and and Portuguese chorizos. I'm not sure who those people are, but we love you. Appreciate you. Thank you for sponsoring. <laughs> we hey. got a, a accurate mortgage, Leo, doing things, especially VA loans. Check them out. And look, some of these these sponsors, legitimately, um, people have used them. And they've done, and they've been happy. Um, Manscaped people have used. We're not sure if they're on board, but just in case, <laughs> give them a shot. Uh, accurate mortgage, Leo's done some wonders. Uh, we got two good landscaping with JJ's. Uh, got your grass up to up to par. Um, who else we got? Field turf USA. They, uh, I think the Carolina Panthers listen to our podcast and they decide to use field turf. So, <laughs> so those are our sponsors. Everyone else, if I missed you, we love you, we appreciate you. But, um, and thanks for uh, being a part of the family. <laughs> All right. Um, NYCFC, let's do a little quick game review. NYCFC, uh, another draw, another draw, one one draw at home. Um, NYCFC to me, they're a tough, pretty tough opponent. Um, Almost, almost blew it at the end there, guys. Almost blew it. Um, how 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 you guys feeling after this one? Do you, do you feel like we dropped points? Maybe. Do you feel like uh we 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 walked out with what we should have? Or um or or what? How, who wants to go first? Who let's go, uh, Graham. Um, honestly, we dropped points. I think with the performance that we had, I know it's five straight draws now at Exploria um, against New York City FC, but. Uh, I think we draw points. I, I think with the offensive performance we had, if we have maybe different personnel, earlier substitution, something like that, I think we walk away with all three there, and I we really draw points. All right, Kyle. Yeah, oh, no, go ahead, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, so 
That was the initial feeling for sure. After, you know, going back and rewatching and, and looking at some of the stats, like expected goals, NYCFC had 1.7 expected goals to our 0.5. Um, I think one of those was probably at the end, the one-on-one kind oh, of sure. kind of bolstered that up. But um, we just, we're not creating a lot of clear-cut chances. Uh, even though we're getting a lot of balls in the final third, they're not, you know, great opportunities to score. So I think a little refinement in the final third, maybe it's rust. Um, and I think the points will come. Defensively, we're still solid, conceding two goals. Both were mental mistakes, so. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Um, it, it, you know, I, I agree that I, it feels like drop points, and I'm gonna stick with that. But I, I agree with what Kyle said in that it, it was we we didn't we dropped points just because we had opportunities in the final third and didn't execute. Uh, Papia talked about having a lot of numbers at the top, making you know quick interchanges, and we're there. But you see, maybe just the wrong pass. There was once where I think or Sebas made some good passes, but he maybe tried to slip it through instead of taking easier side. Mueller and Tesha were a little bit behind, right? A couple times and there when they had they had some space and and um uh Tesha doesn't get to didn't make the runs Nani thought he should have made, you know? There's just we're we're that's what Oscar wants us to do, but we're not executing it. And if you look at actually created chances, we actually had no created chances. They uh, the NYC had two, the last one and probably when Dati spun Kyle and then Schlegel lost him right and then he got in on goal too remember that so those are, i'm pretty sure those are their, their two created chances and and um we need to do a better job of being crisp even the goal nani that was a goal brilliant goal that nani did and that was after you know urso had a nutmeg someone just to get through oh, yeah. to to mauricio i mean that's a lot that's a lot right so that's not how how that's not enough to to win matches so uh, our defense is solid we you know before it was like we could we could score, etc. And we need a defense to do their part. Now it's the opposite. Defense is like, come on, you got to give me a break. You got to get some goals. I'm getting, they're coming at me over here. Let let me let me sit back a bit, you know. So they're under a lot of pressure, and it's not sustainable to to do that. So I think um, at home you have to win. You can't five draws in a row. I didn't even know five draws in a row. That's a good stat, Graham. And uh, um, at home, and we don't lose at home, but Poppy's lost once at home, but five in, draws in a row is is, is not. We're better than that now. That's a playoff team, but we want to be shield contenders, and shield contenders don't don't do that, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, let me let me ask you, Kyle. Um, where where do you feel this team needs to improve the most defensively? Obviously, we're we're super solid right now. Um, like you said, we're we're only giving up goals on mental errors at this point. Um, only two. Um, so where where in particular, obviously it would be in the attack, but where in particular do you think we need to we need to get better play from? Like in in what areas of the pitch? Yeah, so I'm, not, I'm gonna break my own rule of not bad mouthing any of our players, but when you look at comparatively like a test show compared to some of the other top teams and what they're getting as far as striker play, um, we just don't have that Rui Diaz type predator in the box. Um, that's going to make a magical moment, kind of like Nani has been, but mm. Nani's been doing it from deeper um, outside the 18, which has been remarkable. Uh, we don't have that right now. Um, obviously, Pato's injured, but even if Pato comes back, I, I just don't know if that consistency is going to be there, um, if we can rely on him. So I think you either, 
likely have to either bring DK back, or if you do sell him, you have to, you obviously have to bring in a DP. Um, Chris has not been great. Um, maybe that's partially because he doesn't have the, the striker to work with and work off of. Um, but I would say our right wing and our striker right now just aren't clinical enough in the box to kind of punish teams. Okay. Uh, Graham. I, I want to piggyback off what Kyle said, kind of. Um, I think spe- specifically um, looking at our striker and the holdup play and then off in the counter running off the wings, especially like last year, we were really, really good at, at holding the ball up on the counter when we were pinned back and then mm-hmm. releasing pressure via the wings. And this year we don't have that so far. Um, whether that be through Pato or Chris Mueller or whoever, we just don't have it. Um, we've been creating chances off of individual brilliance, and that's we know that's not sustainable. Um, all six, seven years, wherever we've been at MLS now, we've created chances consistently off individual brilliance. Um, and that's been one of our offensive downfalls. And I think that we need to get back to MLS's back um, type of chance creation as far as in possession, um, through attacking patterns and that type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, just like what they talked about, um, what we need to do is is oh, I, I'm not sure exactly um, what the answer is per se because I feel like it's a it's a lot of things, right? I feel like we're not we're we're kind of we're not being a protagonist. If you look at this last match, we were um, we were very narrow. If you look at the heat map. Um, normally, like like Graham was talking about, we, we broke, we had hold up, and we broke behind the wings, right? We got deep in behind. Nani, if you look at Nani's heat map, he was in that pocket the whole time. He wasn't on the touchline at all. You know, we're not getting that whiff. We get it from the fullback some. Maybe with Moutinho in now, I don't know, we'll get it from both fullbacks, I guess. I'm not sure. We'll see how Juan's injury is. Um, but I feel like right now we're, we're being narrow. I don't think we want to be. And I think we're not being a protagonist. We're, we're kind of playing based on what's in front of us in a way. And we're kind of, we're kind of sometimes just countering a lot. We're not, we're, I don't feel like we're, we're, we're having enough productive possession. It look, uh, look at Tesho. He had a hundred percent completion as passes. I believe it was 11 passes. Eight were in our half. Three were, were forward in, 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 you know, in the opponent's half. That means he's probably coming back. Well, not, but he's not providing any kind of outlet or any kind of option inside that area. And now Chris did well. He had, what, four goals or three goals in the first four matches or MLS is back. And that was with Tesho and Dom. So he, he can do it, but maybe it's a lack of confidence. Maybe someone's out of form. But I feel like this this kind of old Mueller where he's he's kind of waiting and being hesitant again is back. And um, last, last year we came off to a hot start because we were getting goals from new places, which was Chris Mueller. And then Tesho, Tesho wasn't, it, we didn't do well in MLS back because Tesho had a great start. It was, it was Chris who really drove us and Nani had some moments of brilliance. Uh, Tesho, Tesho's Tesho, Tesho's, he's, he's 29 years old. He's not going to be any different. He's going to work hard. He's going to make smart runs. He's going to do a lot of the stuff that's, that's really good. And he's going to work hard, but his, his ability is what limits him. He can only, he's only so good. And um, we're going to have to. I don't know if we we that's causing us to be less creative in possession. I'm not sure what it is. I don't know if it's we need Yuri or if we need Zhao full time. I'm not sure what it is, but I feel like maybe the league adjusted a little bit. Now Mueller at the beginning of last year maybe wasn't seen as that threat. Now they're focusing on him. He gets doubled quite a bit, and 
and maybe the league's uh, adjusted to how we play. You get physical with us, and you clog down midfield, we have a hard time. Mauricio had a hard time to get on the ball, make an impact, and Nani, what happens then is Nani, Nani doesn't want to lose, and he gets involved, and he becomes narrow, and now the whole team becomes narrow. So, you know, and that, that's kind of what happened. We, we, then what do you do then? You try to go direct, and you try to go over the top, and it's hard to execute that. You don't have numbers in the box, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what I mean by maybe we weren't being a protagonist and maybe we need to adjust a little bit because I think some the league's caught up a little bit to what we were trying to do. That okay. makes sense? Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, um, carrying on with that a little bit with, with uh, I guess, with our forward play. Like you said, pa- uh, Pato, he's, obviously he's injured. Uh, DK, he's not, you know, he's he's not here. Uh, so that's two people we cannot rely on right now. Um, the only other options we have outside of Tesho would be, uh, I guess, Benji Michelle. He put he put Benji in that spot, uh, subbed, subbed off um, Tesho late, and he brought Benji in to play that press in nine that uh, he's been he's been using Tesho for. Um, there's also Ayas back there. Um, we still have not seen him at all. We have no idea what to expect out of him right now um is does anybody feel like maybe there's there's some type of middle ground or maybe we just have to try something a little different up top earlier during games if if not if if we are going to continue to start test shows of now i would yeah i would love and i know they'll we'll never see this happen i would love to start nani as a striker play Chris on the left and bring Van de Water Van de Water in on the right. Um I think the issue would be if I don't know if they would press or if Nani would press the way Oscar wants to press. Um but we play basically a false nine anyways. I mean Tesho's biggest asset is his ability to in link up play. It's something easily any of those three guys could do in his steed. Um so I, I think that's the solution. It, it clearly is an IS. He hasn't gotten the attention of Oscar yet. Um, so that would be something I would potentially love to see is, is Nani as a striker um, with Chris on the left and, and Van Devater on the right. Graham? Um, I, would, I would love to see us go Portland Timbers, full Portland Timbers, and sit 10 men behind the ball and have one guy, the, our biggest striker out there to hold up play and run our Sebastian Blancos or, you know, our, I can't think of the wingers, Diego Valera, I suppose. He's played center midfield now, but um, Andy Polos, run them off the wings and, and bunker in a little bit and beat people on the counter. Um, I think Alexander Alvarado would be a really, really good option in that system um, since he's so small and tough to contain. Yeah, that, that would be fun. We, we kind of done stuff like that before. I mean, I if you look at the way we generate offense, it, it seems very much – like it's a counterattack, you know, like we're like I talked about the Mueller and Tesho kind of one, two that they, they kind of blew there. Um, and imagine being Nani dropping that that cross left footed to Tesho. Right. And then it just hits his steel toed boots. And gets out. I mean, <laughs> I was watching that. I was just like, golly, man, it's got to be frustrating for the guy. But um, I think uh, I'm not sure what, what we need to try. Honestly, I feel like we just need to 
Um, maybe we don't need to change it. Maybe we just need to just we just need to be crisper. We need to demand more. I'm not sure because with Benji, I would like Benji. If we're gonna counter, I would like Benji to, to fly, be let loose. But if you're gonna have any possession or hold up, he doesn't really contribute there, right? And, and one thing we're we're not we're not talking about is like okay, we talked about at the beginning of the season how deep we were, all of these forwards, but no one has made an impact on the bench. Not a single person. No one has come off the bench. And maybe for moments, Van der Waters looked saucy. You know, ben, Benji had a chance, but he was starting against SKC. It hasn't, nobody, you know, I want someone to, to, you know, make a case to start, make a case to come off the bench and make an impact. We need someone to take over a match or be a super sub. Right now, we don't have super subs. So, ooh, I don't know, man. We had that last year. We had Mueller coming out of nowhere and scoring. We had Benji scoring off the bench. You know, we had, then we had DK come in, Tesla scoring off the bench, and, we had all, all kinds of different options. Right now, it's the it's a one man show. It's just Nani, and uh, so I, I think in regards to what we should do, I, I don't think I don't think Oscar's going to uproot it. I think they you know kind of the philosophy type of coaches. It's a philosophy. It means something to them. It's offensive to them to like switch it up. This is my philosophy. This is the system. We're going to make it work. We just need to drill it more and more. You see it in all kinds of sports, whatever whatever sport it is. So I don't think we're going to see anything too too big i think we, we see where we get defensive and then we counter and then and then we have more possession we just kind of have those two things but it, i think they believe that if it's executed properly then it'll work and if you look at the opportunities it's not it's not a bad argument because if we do it execute it properly make a couple passes here and there it would work if if tesha makes a near post run we have a goal if if Mueller and, and Tesha were more crisp, we have a goal. If Urso and Sebas make a couple better passes, we have a goal, etc. You know, there, there were chances there to be had, and I, I think I think what we just need is just I would like a nine who's more technical, who, who's more of a threat, and we need to get eventually. Everyone's just gonna say I don't care, Tesho, you beat us, and they're just gonna they're gonna start clamping on Nanny. Everyone's gonna get mad because he's holding on the ball too long. But eventually, you you can't keep dropping dimes like that and then feel like passing to that guy if he keeps bricking everything. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree there. I th I want to point out, um, if you look in the MLS's back tournament, we played Montreal and we won one nil, and we had, I mean, we had three or four expected goals. Um, and there's one sequence I I specifically remember. It's um, just a beautiful free flowing passage of play where we end up um, with Nani back healing across his body, um, and Mauricio Pereira from like eight or maybe nine yards out, just sending the ball way over the top. It's probably one of the prettiest goals you'd ever see an MLS, MLS team ever score. And it was just for a lack of finishing that it wasn't so. And and we only won that game 1-0 off of uh, Rod Fanny. Oh, defensive. Oh, uh, yeah, it yeah. was terrible. Um, it was crap and it was a tough touch Ocknelli tap and we only won 1-0. Uh, but I think we're getting a lot of that right now where we're playing pretty passages of soccer and um, and just it's not happening for us. So I think if we can, I think continuing this path that we're on, I think we'll find it. I, we have a pretty favorable stretch of games coming up. And so I think the the future looks pretty bright for us right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're still undefeated. One, you know, two goals allowed. We just need to, we need to get this, these ratios a little bit better. I mean, four goals in, in five games, right? Is no, four games, four games, five games, four, four. Yeah. Four and four, one goal per game is just not going to do it. You know, you, you got to have your goal, your goal, your points per game and your goals per game a little bit closer. We're at 1.5 points per game, right? And one goal per game. So you got to, got to get those, 
to merge a little bit better. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, going back a little bit to you guys brought up Elvarado, uh, Van de Vauder, um, Ayas. Um, do you think these guys have actually been given a proper chance to? I mean, we we can say that maybe they just they don't go. But at the end of the day, like for me, I fall back to going back to last year. If um, if Tesho, if Dominic Tesho doesn't get hurt, I mean, we don't DK never sees that field either. So, um, I mean, I'm, I know a lot of fans are immediately jumping to, oh, well, they must not be good if they're not playing. But I mean, um, it, it could just be a little bit of, I trust my vets and they're going to be out, they're going to stay out there for me right now. We're a little shorthanded. We don't have this guy, that guy. And is it possible that Oscar is just a little, a little nervy to, to play the newer guys um, and, and give them a, a decent run out? I'm not saying like they have to start, but, you know, trusting them a little more than 10 minutes. Yeah. 10 minutes. I mean, I think IS at this point is averaging 10 seconds per game. No. You know, if, if you were to do the math, you know, he was right. I mean, 30 seconds here, 34, and a 34 minutes and six appearances. There you go. I wasn't far off. Yeah. No. And six appearances. But how many times has he been at 18? You know, it's like, right. Or is, yeah. So that's well, like I, seven I, minutes in appearance. Yeah. yeah but yeah. It's, it's not just him, though. I mean, it's IS as well. Minutes. There's there's IS. Oh, and I, now there's. I mean, I'm sorry. Yes, I, I'm in Alvarado. There's, there's also Alvarado, same boat. Um, we might have seen him even less, actually. Look, um, let's put it. And then Jordan there's also, Bender there's has also more Vanderwater. Minutes. Yeah, Jordan Bender probably has more minutes than Alvarado and Ayas combined. Put it that way. It's crazy, right? Mm, well, I mean, so he's been here a while. So. No, but I'm talking, yeah, but that was from one game, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that was from one game. His playing in that one match against Nashville equaled more minutes than Ice and Alvarado, I'm pretty sure, his entire tenure. But, um, no, I, I think it's got to be a combination of both. I think I think it's, uh, you know, that that Papi wants his philosophy and he wants his guys to get in. Every, every coach always plays someone that doesn't make any sense, you know, whether it was Will Johnson they just stuck with, right, or Lewis Neal. Or, there's always someone that you're like, why can't this guy – Get out of the 11, you know, it's always. And it's like the coach on the field, the veteran, the high IQ guy, blah, blah, blah. It's always one of those types. That's obviously Tesho. He drafted him. He probably reached for him based on his, his college credentials. Uh, he, you know, eventually they brought him here. Um, that had to be Muzi, I guess, right? And um, and I think he feels comfortable that he's going to execute his game plan, where maybe Ayas is a little bit more of a second striker, poacher type, and kind of, you know, free-flowing might not – do that extra stuff. And um, so I, I think that's part of it. And you got to remember too, Oscar, maybe some people just, they have a blind spot. Like we make, we, we tease about Adrian Heath. Like he's the striker whisperer and he's had like 10 strikers. And the only one that worked out was the obvious first round pick in Kyle Lahren, right? Maybe Oscar has a blind spot with strikers. Kristen Coman, you know, he didn't work out. The only, you know, only thing they got out of that, that's a son-in-law now. But as an NMLS oh, player, goodness. that didn't work out. Um, he might get a grandchild out of it, but in regards to production on the field, didn't work out. And uh, um, um, Max, Max Rudy, he's fine. But of all the players in MLS, all his strikers, I believe there's been one season with, with more than 10 goals, and I think it was 11. So I don't think uh, of – you talk about his tenure with Dallas, I think the most he got from a striker was 10 or 11 goals in one season. So I, I think the way he used a striker, uh, it's not necessarily to score a ton of goals. I think it's kind of the system. You know, and um, I think he's a little more open than he used to be in FC Dallas. 
he didn't but because he had amazing wingers back then and he had an amazing number 10 but but i don't think his system lends itself to like 20 goals from a striker i think dk was just that good and was doing that you know and i think with dk we could do that but his system unless you have a really star striker who they happen to fall upon in dk who fell to us thanks to miami um then i don't think you your his system is going to generate 20 goals if for a striker so he, he's going my point is he's going to like those hustle press do the right thing kind of strikers because that's what he's always type like that's what max rudy is so it's i think it's a blind spot for him and i think it's a bit of stubbornness and maybe these guys haven't worked out either we, we don't see them training we don't know you go ahead all right yeah that's it and graham what do you think am i crazy um, i mean i I think we should go after a striker in the summer. Like, oh, I, I, don't, I think we'd be stupid not to. But I mean, I don't. I also don't think it's the end of the world if we go in league for somebody. Um, I, I mean, that being said, would I be happy about it? Not necessarily. But I also don't think it's the end of the world. So, anybody in league uh-huh. you'd be you'd target? Jeremy Bobasi, hundred percent. Chibo. I he said that fast. Sound like you thought about this one? He said that fast. Yeah. yeah as soon as I said yeah. in league, I was like, yeah, Chibo for sure. <laughs> Kai, what do you think? I mean, do you think it's just a blind spot for you? Think they're not impressing? What do you think is going on? Yeah, so I was you got me curious about what their minutes were. So Alvarado has 38 minutes and three appearances, Ayas has 34 minutes and six appearances. You, I don't, I just don't know how you can make an honest judgment on them you getting can't. five to 10 minutes. You can't. You and so when everybody, Absolutely if anybody not. argues on Twitter, like they just haven't produced yet, they, they play five minutes. Yeah. They get in at the 85th minute, the 90th minute, we're shutting down where we have a lead or like the chances aren't there. It's just, uh, Those I was saying people you know, want us to bring Dom back or something. Yeah. So. Right. That's do true, you remember, true. do you remember last, last year once, once, uh, we all during MLS is back. We wanted to see DK. And he was only getting in for about eight to ten minutes, and then everybody was like, "Oh, well, he ain't doing much." And <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was eight to even, ten minutes. He came in and ran someone over, got a yellow card, break the shot, and I was like, "Let's slow down." Tesh was playing well. That was, you know. I was gonna <laughs> I say, say even that. even people that saw him play were like, "Ah, this is out of his league. He's not ready yet. Maybe OCB, get him some reps." And then, like three games later, he was scoring goals. So yeah, yeah, uh, that's true. Needed needed somebody to get injured. They put him in, and boom. <laughs> but I do but think. You... Yeah, go ahead. I, I think right now we have a week between games. That's why we're not seeing much squad rotation. Um, I think, like Graham said, I think the chances are going to come. A big note, you know, listening to you guys talk, we haven't talked a lot about Mauricio. He sat out the first two games due to mm-hmm. suspension. Um, working back in a little bit of fitness. I do think he's going to continue to progress as he gets minutes in. I think he's still been a little bit subpar for his own standards. Um, He kind of is the catalyst of our offense, and I don't think he's been that yet. I think it's been mostly Sebas and Nani. Um, So I think think as Mauricio kind of gets the fitness back and grows into our offense, I think we're going to see chances created like that. Um, But I do think Alvarado and Ayas hopefully will get their chances when we have some of these midweek games or three games in a seven to nine day stretch. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know so far why they haven't, cause it's not like the guys in front of them are producing all that much. Exactly. So I, and Vanderwater really too, sense. like, yeah, same. I mean, the dudes ain't even getting in. Vanderwater's yeah. not seeing the field either. Yeah. But hey, yeah, that's true. I mean, he hasn't, 
I mean, I wish I would, you know, I'm just hoping some of them makes a stronger case. He's had him and Benji have had the most minutes off the bench, right? And I wish uh, other than Andres Perea, you know, defensive midfielder, I would like to them, you know, like a one shot on goal. All he did was just, you know, get the Rivas zone that one time or whatever. They're in a tough spot. We can't judge. We can't absolutely right. Anyone thinks these are bad signings or not going to work out is silly. We, we don't know yet. But um, the uh, Mauricio, I think, is a player. It's a good point, Kyle. He hasn't quite come onto his own yet this this season. But I think he's a guy who does well with like what, what Graham says. You get the pressure, he drops deep, and then he sprays it out wide. Look at it against Cincinnati. He was both feet just spraying it out wide. And when Nani's as an outlet out there, and then even Nani's goal, what happened there? Moutinho came in. It's the center back, uh, Tinner home. I mean, sorry, the right back. I think it was Tinner home, and then someone else. I'm thinking maybe Jason or whatever Medina. They kind of pointed at each other to take on the run from Moutinho. I think Tinner home slides off, and then someone steps up. Nani saw the space and took it. That was because he came in from wide. You know, he had he had there was some whiff there to challenge. So I think once we get a little bit more crisp, a little bit more open, I think Mauricio is a guy that, despite his quality, that sometimes you can mark him out of a match if you have a really clogged midfield. You know, you could reduce his impact quite significantly. But when he's got space, he, he's one of the best in the league. All right, all right. Let's let's uh let's move on to everyone's uh, studs and duds for this for this past week. Um, I'll start with you, Eddie. All right, so this one, Studs, Nani, of course. Uh, I think Sebas had another another stout match. Got to hand it to, to the um, back line. Hand it to Schlegel, man. Another good match. And, of course, Pedro. Pedro bailed us out. We lose without Pedro. Hey, everyone's talking about that last save. I mean, that was absurd to stone Medina like that. Um, but he also had one on Jason earlier. And talk about, I mean, what a flopper. That guy's so annoying. I remember the preseason match? They had a two. He had they had two penalties or something. It was Jason who was on the ground all the time. Um, anyways, uh, and he he got Castellanos on one too, a nice shot earlier on a one on one. So those are my studs. I think you know. I thought duds. I thought. I mean, Atesho needs to do more of his chances. Uh, I thought Mueller needs to be a little more decisive. Pick your head up, buddy. Sometimes you just gotta. You know, everyone gets on Nani for like taking two people on and losing it. I mean. Buddy, you know, go backwards. Kyle's there, or who ends there, whatever, right? You got one of the fastest right right backs in the league. You know, use them a little more sometimes. And um, and uh, Urso was fine. I thought Sebus was fine. Kyle Kyle was solid. A couple misplaced passes that were a little costly, but but you know that's fine. Whatever. It wasn't like an awful match. But yeah, studs. Nani Pedro probably Sebus, and um, and then Duds uh, probably I'd say uh, I guess I guess uh. Mueller and Jamutino, that was a dumb challenge. I mean, I thought offensively he, he contributed in possession, but that challenge was stupid. And that was a stone cold penalty for sure. So done moment at least. All right, Graham. Um, my stud would be Sebastian Mendez. He is, as a regista, he's single-handedly winning his points or at least saving his points right now, especially against Florida and Kansas City. Um, and again, to, again, last week and again this week, he's, he's controlling the midfield for us. And um, he is certainly leveled up from where he was at last year and the year before. Yeah. Um, I think my dud would definitely be Chris Mueller. I think what changed most from 2019 to 2020 with Chris was his attacking decision-making and it's, it's bad again. It's not great. Um, And so I don't know if that's just a confidence thing or what, but it, it definitely needs to be addressed. 
All right, he's Kyle. A streaky, he's a streaky kind of guy, so hopefully, you know, hopefully he breaks this slump and then he starts streaking with goals. Normally he's streaking at the beginning, though. Yeah, I do think he's pressing a little too much. Not, not actually pressing, but just trying. He's trying too much. He's he's. I, I don't know if he's trying to create all the time. I think he needs to rely. The thing about our offense that works is the flow, the movement of personnel off the ball. We run like five midfielders um, that all can can be on the ball in the same manner. So I think there's times where he just needs to get the ball off his feet and move versus trying to take guys one-on-one. Um, the only other stud I'll throw out, other than kind of what Eddie, you know, Nani and Gayese are an obvious, Sebas, as always. Um, I think Car- Antonio Carlos has been really solid for us. Um, Rodrigo stepping in brilliantly, but Antonio Carlos has kind of been that backbone of our, of our defense so far this season. Um, winning balls in the air, kind of organizing – out of the back. Um, so I, I think he deserves a shout. And then Duds, it's it, even you could throw a Tesho, but you could also throw in Benji. I don't I don't know that we're creating all that much when Benji comes off the bench. Maybe not his fault. Um, I don't know if the team's providing him with all that much, but for whatever reason, our our two strikers right now are just not creating a whole lot of chances. All right. And uh for myself, I'm gonna go. Stud, I'm gonna. I gotta go. I gotta go, Nani. I gotta go, Nani and uh, Pedro. I gotta give Pedro a shout for that because I was very close to, you know, uh, even even I was in attendance for the game, and then even watching the game back, I almost I swear I would have punched a hole in my TV if he would have scored that goal at the end. So so thank you, uh, Pedro, for saving my television set. Um, <laughs> So I'll, I'll go with those. That's my studs. For my dud, I'm gonna have to go. I have to go. I have to go, Chris. Man, I have to agree. I have to go, Chris. Um, and like you said, Jow, on that, he had a dumb moment. Um, he wasn't terrible overall, I don't think, but that was lost us the game basically with that with that stupid challenge. That was really dumb. I know he's um, rusty, but man, like, that was really that was bad. Bro. It was really bad. He stepped on his foot, and then yeah, you know, that yeah, was bad. it was really it was bad. It was terrible. Wrong footed. Mm-hmm. It was not great. Yeah. All right. Um. Let's move on to. For you got what you got? Yeah. Okay. We, we're talking about Schlegel doing well, and and yeah, and uh, Carlos, right? But Jansen wasn't even in the eighteen. Did we ever find out why? Just coach's decision, or the, what do you what do you guys think of that? He just thought. He wasn't going to need him. He wasn't going he's, to. He's him. undergoing surgery on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Bro, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's back. Joking. He's, you're joking, and like every, everyone. Yeah, he's and everyone just, Would it surprise like, oh, you? Would it no. surprise no. you? No. He's like Janssen decided to use Universal Healthcare in Sweden and uh, get a knee transplant. And they got a special. You know, he got a cadaver out there in Sweden. He he wants to keep it Swedish, homogenous like their population. So, so, yeah, who knows? But yeah, that was that was weird. I don't know if they thought, are we we go to a back three or something? If if he's out or, or Rio, because Rio can play right back too. Or you know, I like imagine if Schlegel goes out or Carlos, we're gonna drop out Rio, Gun, and Schlegel. I mean, that would have been stressful against against who what who Castellanos is number one in the you know what the 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 Golden Boot right now, right? You know, uh, so. that's no, Chicharito. Right oh, okay. is the backup. Perea yeah. is the backup center back right now. Yeah, I guess so. If you, but if that you was... watched any preseason, Perea is our, our center back. 
That's true, but that was before Rio got here, though. That's right? true. So, that's, that's true. So we we don't know, but would you guys make anything about that we, or what? What? Uh, there were all the reporters before the game were saying it was coach's decision, and then um, I don't know. I don't know if ESPN had different information than everybody else, but um, who was the champion? Who was doing the game? Was champion? Champion was, and Tuomo. Yeah, champion. champion. Champion said that he had an, he had an injury, so I don't know if he was just going off of the injury he already had, or or what but champion what champ the reason champion gave was that he had an injury so yeah, and Kyle, i don't Kyle's i don't back too before so, so yeah I've, i have no clue there's no telling like you said like he kyle's joking about surgery and i can guarantee everyone heard that and believed it 100 percent. you know what i just got that's inside info. i just got inside info uh, schlegel is a direct match for Yuri's kidney, so Schlegel, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Jansen's gonna give his kidney to Yuri. Yes, where, where is Yuri? Where is Yuri, bro? It's it's six to where eight months. Yuri? We'll have them both back. Yuri's made glass. Yeah. Like we know that at this point, he's made a glass. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, ridiculous. Yeah. Like where is where is he? Yeah, <laughs> it's nuts. Oh, all right, um, all right. Thoughts on uh, team performance through the first four games? Uh, we took six points. Uh, right now we're in fourth in the east i believe um yeah yeah with six points uh three out of four but three out of the four games they were at home um we only won fc cincinnati which is a layup uh do you think do you think we did enough um the the games were to to be fair the games were against pretty decent competition at least in my opinion um outside of fc cincinnati uh pretty pretty tough pretty tough draw when you're talking about atlanta you're talking about skc and um and uh, who we just play NYCFC. So, um, do you do you think we did enough? Uh, did we did enough so far with uh, taking six points out of uh, four games? Three out of those being being at home. And it, yeah, Graham, go ahead. Um, do I think we did enough? Yes. yes. Could it have been better? Yes. I mean, we're we're a Jamutinous mistake away from being top top of the East right now. So, I mean, I think we need to. I wouldn't say we need to temper our expectations, but maybe a little. Um, I mean, looking at six points out of four games, that's it's okay. It's what a point and a half a game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fine. It's not gonna win a supporter shield. I mean, do any of us think we're gonna win supporter shield though? I want to. Not do the we? way <laughs> Seattle's playing right now. Yeah. yeah, bro. I thought they were gonna fall down, man. I'd like to win the East or at least be a top three seed. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think that getting some pieces back, getting John Moutinho back full-time, getting that possession that he brings, um, and, you know, with, minus the defensive blunders, I think we're, we're going to be okay. It's, I, I feel like a lot of the fan base is um, panicking a little bit after six points from four games, and I don't think that's a, necessarily the right response to it. All right, Kyle. Yeah, so Graham's exactly right. This isn't like previous seasons where, you know, we have a lot of home games and then we got to go out West and we got to play Portland and Seattle. Every game, you know, the East is weaker than the West. It is right now. If you told me like, which conference would you rather face? I'd rather face the East. There's not a road game in the East that I'm afraid of going and and getting points on the road. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Toronto, we get Toronto on the road, you know, next. That's at home. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So like, yes, exactly. Are there points that we've, that we could have had that we didn't capture? Sure. 
but there's not a game upcoming in the future that I'm, I'm not worried that we can't go and get three points at any given moment. So I think we're right where we, we, we should be. You know, obviously we could have gotten three, if not for that penalty and been in first, but long season, a lot of points still out there. And, and once the goals come, the defense is going to be there. That's the biggest reassuring fact. We're still unbeaten. We're one of four unbeaten teams. Um, when the goals start coming, the points are going to come. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think this isn't like the floor. You know, it's not the, the ceiling, right? But we're somewhere in between. Uh, if you watch us, you can't watch us and think we're bad. You can't watch us and think we're not good. You, you can't watch it and not see a couple, you know, a couple yards, a couple inches, a couple feet here and there, and, and a couple better choices. And we're, we're, we're at the top of the league, or we're the top of the East at least, right? And um, so I'm with Ted Lasso, believe, right now. And um, and you look at the next few few matches. We got DC, who's you know a bit shorthanded and even full full. We should beat them. Um, that's uh, at DC, but whatever. And uh, then Toronto at home, and then um, we got Red Bulls. We we could take care of. And then Toronto, sort of home, and then then San Jose's got to travel across the country, and then we got then we got to go down to Pompano Beach, and we could take care of them. So I mean, we could we could put a good run together here. So. Um, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worried. Um, I trust the, 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 the coaching staff, someone's going to break through M- Mueller's going to get a goal start going, you know, we're, it's going to, it's going to start clicking folks. Mauricio just got back. He's so important. Uh, I'm not, I'm not too worried. It wasn't perfect, but I'm not upset either. All right. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree with everybody here. Um, I, I'll be lying if I wasn't a little disappointed that I, I, I want to be on the very top right now. I want to be first, but yeah. you know, that's just me. That's, you know how I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I want to be on top. I don't like nobody in front of us. That's, you know, that's <laughs> what it is. It's not realistic, but it's, it's who I am. <laughs> hey, Cleon, tell him about the, the TFC situation with for the home games. Oh, oh yeah. I got that confirmed. I, I was curious about, uh, since Toronto is playing their home games in Exploria, uh, what the situation would be when, when, uh, Orlando had to play Toronto on air quotes, the road. Uh, like w- w- I was wondering, do they use our locker room? Do they, do they use the visitors all the time or, or what? So, cause I, I know if it was me being petty that I am, if, if, or if I had, if I had been using the home locker room and I'm Toronto, Orlando city is getting changed in the visitors locker room. Um, but I, I did get it confirmed that, um, they are not allowed to use our locker room at all during it's part of the lease agreement per at all, not Alex, just when they play at all, us, right? At all, at all. <laughs> uh, apparently, apparently Alex lays out. He, he, he made sure that it's in the rental, the rental agreement that um, they do not use our locker room at all. So, <laughs> so, so we, we won't, we won't be coming out of the visitor's locker room at any, any time, any time this season. Do they share a locker room with whoever they're playing? I'm assuming. I'm assuming <laughs> we have, have. I'm assuming they, we have at least three three locker rooms or something. Yeah, they definitely have a pop up locker room or something. Yeah, yeah. The the um. I remember. I think it was Dax McCarthy talking about how how annoying our road locker room was, and how <laughs> they had to walk and they couldn't meet up or talk at halftime. Like it's purposely terrible, and we're making it even <laughs> more terrible. This is like renting an Airbnb, and then they say you can't get to the master bedroom or master bathroom. So <laughs> like, so what about fans? Are our fans going to be authorized for that game? No, because Toronto Toronto's so, going off I don't of think their they stuff. Want us in. No, Toronto's doing off their stuff, and I think it's an issue of gate. And their Toronto is get matches are close to the public. 
Hey, Alex, Alex, uh, Alex, if you're listening, hey, make make that happen, bro. You got to make this happen. Right? You got to make yeah. it happen. Give them like um, half the gate receipts or something. Give them all the gate receipt. Or give, all. Them all the, give them all yeah. the gate receipt and we, we keep the concessions. That's right. We keep the concessions and, and parking and all that. Um, give them the gate. Maybe they'll maybe they'll just take the L and let us let us in the building. Tell them we we promise we'll wear a little bit of red, maybe our underwear or something. <laughs> promise. I would I would love I would love to have I would love to have an eighteenth home game. That'd be that would be perfect. All right. Look, um, hey, hey, look, forget about the season ticket package that we're supposed to get. We haven't got. Just give us one TFC home game and we'll call it even. Right, yeah, Kyle? What let do you us think? in, bro. Let us in. Right? Yeah, there you go. I don't want a little VR virtual reality or some kind of magnet. Let's let's give me that give me that TFC ticket. Bro, they gotta <laughs> take the bribe, right? Like as on business. I understand the competitive aspect. But business wise, you're talking about a team that's not gonna see any home gate all season long. Like you really wouldn't take if if you're if you're a CEO of TFC, you're really not gonna take fifty percent of that gate that gate money. Like yeah. I, I would, I feel like I would, bro. It's one game. I feel like I would just take but it. Then, but then they can't put their like fake advertisements over the crowd like they've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> they literally That's make our, our stadium red for their games. Yeah, I've seen it. It looks ridiculous. It looks so I, I even silly. noticed it was our stadium at first. I was like, what is this place? It looks so oh, bad. It's Exploria. Yeah, Fair until enough. until you see the wall. Until you see the wall, and you're like, yeah, oh, wow. Exactly. Yeah, there was just like a passage of play in the midfield. And I was like, where did, this isn't Tampa or whatever that the baseball stadium they play at. And then I realized, oh no. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's let's play a little let's play a little rapid fire. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna go round table, gonna say a player's name. And uh, you give me a one one to two word description, I guess you would call it, on, on the player. Let's go, Graham Tesho. Really good at pressing. Really bad at everything else. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie, oh, Eddie. Oh, you know where I'm going. You know, you know who I'm asking, right? Eddie. Oh, okay. The accountant. Oh, the accountant. Kyle Smith is a human embodiment of a B plus. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> hey, Millie. Kyle. I'm sorry. <laughs> Kyle. Let's go. That. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you I'm gonna throw you a softball. Kyle, who on? Uh underperforming. Ooh, I like that. Kyle's saying it. Yep. Yeah. All right. Cleon, for you. I got, I got one for you, Cleon. Yeah, yeah. you give me one. All right. Sebus. Oh, he's a beast, bro. He's been a beast. He's been a beast. Career beast. year. Beast, yeah. Career year. Bring me my money. <laughs> he might He might be the next guy I'm getting 20 mil for. It he's like 20, 23 years old, right? Hey, man. I'm, I might be getting 20 mil for him next. Hey, speaking of him, I mean, he he could get called up too, man. Remember, he was he was playing a lot for Ecuador last time. He last year he didn't, and then he kind of lost his job. And the way he, the form he's in, call him up. Oh, speaking speaking of sales, speaking of sales, this this wasn't on the schedule, but uh, uh, Daryl DK. Uh, how how you guys feeling? You guys, uh, at, with with our injury situation. There's been I've seen a couple a couple places on Twitter things like that. Uh, do do you try to bring do you try to talk him into coming back for the rest of this season? 
or or do you just or do you not risk it risking possibly underperforming or or whatever and dropping that price tag down if that's if nobody offers immediately after uh the promotion playoffs is over um do you try to talk daryl dk back into coming and finishing out this season and then letting him go at the end or is it you take you take it summer you strike while it's hot and and move on from there let's start with uh graham i'd say no it's it's better for the long-term health of the club to cash in now, um, build up your academy, you know, get a DP or two in here that'll be here for a couple of years. You can flip a profit, um, stuff like that. It's better as gate receipts, stuff like that. Um, it's much better for the overall, overall health of the club. You know, you're getting $20 million now, or let's say $20 million. Um, and, you know, maybe in exchange for a shot at MLS Cup, but even so you could, you can flip that money immediately to get, you know, somebody got some guy from South America, you know, a Babelo or Reynoso, or um, I wouldn't say Joseph Martinez. It's pretty hard to replicate, but you know, something like that where you flip somebody um, where you flip immediately for, it, and it's better for the long term, long-term health of the club. Kyle. I think the thing that we're not considering and say we fans at large is it's not just about selling him for 20 million. It's selling him to the right team. Um, that's going to benefit his growth. And I don't know if that comes along right away. So I think at minimum, we see him here until August. I think we'll get July and June and July out of him um, whenever their playoffs end. I think he might get a little bit of rest before bringing him back into the team because he's been playing for the last four months. Um, but if they do sell him, I think it ha- it has to be to the right team where he's going to see – potential minutes and it's not just you know somewhere he's going to go and then go out on loan or go and ride the bench and I think I think Muzzy and and Oscar are very adamant about you know protecting the growth of DK and not just worrying about the profit all right um let me hold on one second one second uh Kyle I'm gonna ask you uh um as fans why do you think we should once we sell once we sell a player um, I have my own theory on it, but why do you think we as fans should care if he does well once he's out of our hands and we've already made the profit? I didn't even I mean, mean that. I didn't even mean it as like a shot. I mean, no, like, no, no. It's I feel a lot, a lot of times like I'm on an island. You know, when he scores a goal, I feel happy for Daryl. Like mm-hmm. that's my initial thought is like this this kid. He's a kid. I'm 32. He's to me, he's a kid. He's living out his dream. He's doing things that he probably didn't even expect. And there's that bit of pride, you know, yeah, he, we didn't, he didn't come up in our Academy. We drafted him. We got lucky to get him. Um, so there's a big part that, you know, says we've got a profit while he's here. Cause we are lucky to even get him in the first place. But, you know, when he scores or, you know, when we're talking about Selon, I, I do think we should be happy for him, worried about his potential long-term growth. We see all these Americans from Josh Sargent to, uh, Weston McKinney, you know, maybe they don't go to the right team. That's, you know, Josh Sargent, for example, he's a striker playing on a team that mostly bunkers because they're so bad. They're at the bottom of the Bundesliga and he gets maybe one shot a game because they produce no offense for him. That's not helping Daryl. That's not, it's not going to help him grow. He needs to go to a team that has a, a, a bit of the possession where he's going to get opportunities to score goals. Um, and I don't think that's at a lower Premier League level team. Maybe it's an Everton type. I don't know if he, if they if if he's that good yet. But 
that's I think what you got to be looking at. Same with Bundesliga. He's got to go to a top five or seven club. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, the reason I asked you that is because I've personally changed my opinion on this because I've Eddie, Eddie already knows this, but I'm <laughs> I'm an extremely selfish fan. Like I only care about my team. I don't care about anybody else's team. I care about my players when they're my players. Once they're gone, it's whatever. I don't care. And, but and pettiness. Um, and you're yeah, petty when you're and I'm also petty. Yes, I'm also petty. <laughs> but I've I've actually changed my stance. I was I was in the boat of. Once I get my money, if he succeeds, he succeeds. Not just him, but anybody. Um, if they do well, you know, I'm happy for you. If you don't, it's whatever. I don't care because um, I only care about my own players. But after seeing FC Dallas, what they've been doing, and I'm noticing if, if they get one player from you and that player does well, the reason I've changed my stance on it is because I've noticed in that trend with them. And now teams are just coming and plucking their players. And they're plucking players and paying money for players that I'm like, why are you paying that much money for this guy? And and I think it's it's all they're all just trying to replicate what what they saw come from come from certain players that they've already moved on. And now everyone's piggybacking on it. And guys, the the more guys that do well, the more they're all going right back to that bucket and going right back to that well and trying to and trying to buy guys and buy an 18 year old right backs that have played what 200 minutes. From him, Brian for like yes, it's crazy to me. Justin Che, but yes, yeah. Justin Che. Like, there's no way those things happen without McKinney and and so on, right? There's no like, there's no way these things happen. So I've I've for that reason changed my stance on it. It's still leaves me as the selfish type of fan, and that's the only reason I changed my stance is because I've realized I can benefit my I as in Orlando City can benefit off of it. Um, so I've for that reason I've I've come to your side of that ship well i think part of it too is like daryl's american so there's also that rooting interest like as an american soccer fan i want to see an american striker go and succeed lord knows we need a, a good striker that's been our downfall for ever um so i think that's part of the rooting interest i don't know if i'd feel the same way if it was some random argentinian that we had for like one season mm-hmm. uh, I, I may not be as like tied emotionally um but i i I want to point out what Miguel Almiron has done for Atlanta United and that um, kids in Paraguay and Argentina are, and because Almiron played for Lanús um, are now watching Newcastle every, you know, Saturday morning or whatever. And looking at Miguel Almiron and they're saying, well, how did he get there? And so now Atlanta United is getting interest from, um, from the Pity Martinez's, from the Marcelino Moreno's. They were in for Jefferson Soteldo, who eventually went to TFC, but they were in for him. And I'm sure he had mutual interest and, if we can become that type of hub, I know we don't have the money for it right now. We might with the new ownership possibly, but um, if we can become that type of hub, we can become the Ajax of the South or whatever. Um, and that's really, really healthy for our club long-term. That's awesome. I like piggyback on what you both said. Um, I'm with you, Kyle, on the, the personal aspect of it. Uh, I, I just the American part, being an American, like children of immigrants too. It's relatable, you know, just the whole story. Like, how can you not root for that? And um, he just seems like such a nice guy. I'm like, you know, you want to see yeah, him succeed. Yeah, he's such a good kid. And he, the, the joy, like, that's – you want your kid to play football and, and be that happy when they score and have that much fun, right? That's what you want. And um, and then I heard uh, – um, I heard podcast talking about why Bayern keeps going back to the Dallas well, right? 
Bayern said, we have, you know, Bayern just, the Bundesliga is a joke, really. They just buy whoever's good below them and just demolish them, you know, and uh, for the most part, right? So what they said is they, they, they got that, that country, they got every corner, every nook and cranny pretty much found out, right? If they slip through, they'll wait till they're good and just buy them. So they said in order to, to scout America, it would cost so much to set up, right? They basically just use Dallas to scout. Dallas has built a culture mm. From Oscar Pareja, who built it, and up, have built a culture of players playing a certain way, of behaving a certain way, players who, who can take a challenge and go to Europe at a young age. They've built that, so they know there's, their players are brought up that way. Munchies has kept a, the same zeitgeist and whatnot that Oscar and others have built there. So they, they know what type of player, different abilities, but what type of philosophy, what kind of mindset, mentality they have because they set something up. Selling a DK can, and, and having longevity and continuity here can establish Orlando as that. That, that creates us, the, the, that gives us opportunity to, to transfer out. That gives us better access to people like Graham's talking about to come in because they see us as a launching pad. Right. So that that's and these clubs, these other clubs, what held us back with partnerships with, with Benfica, with Stoke, whatever. It's just we didn't have this kind of culture. Where we were pumping out players. Right. And uh, so they're, they're not, why are they going to give us a player on loan if, if nothing's going to come of it? Right. Mastrella didn't play Ramos, whatever. Right. These kind of thing. Why are they going to give us somebody? So if you, you could have some kind of give and give and take and that aspect where they're gaining from it and you're gaining from it and there's growth, then you're going to have like a machine there where everybody kind of wins. And selling DK and having him succeed like like um, Kyle's talking about in the right setting will be hugely instrumental in making sure the framework is set up there for longevity. If he goes somewhere and doesn't do that well, then we're not, we don't have this, this star like he is right now, this, this rising star blowing up some league and everyone says the Orlando City product from Orlando City mm -hmm. and he could talk about how Nani took him you know put his arm around him and shaped him and Oscar taught him this and stuff you know and um and if he succeeds to do he, he uh that'll look good on the club overall and that'll just that'll multiply exponentially in my opinion DK gets sold to a good club and does well I mean the ramifications it's it's club changing in my opinion it could change the entire paradigm for Orlando City. And second of all, I mean, you know, on top of that, the reason you want him to succeed is simple. Sell on clause. We forgot about that. <laughs> Sell on clause. You want to be selfish? Yeah. Sell on clause. If he goes to, if he goes to, to like, to like what Laren did, went to Besiktas and then got sent to like the ends of the earth. And now he's doing well, but it took a while. Right. Um, because it probably wasn't that thought out in the first place. Then, then, then the sell-on clause is going to change. You know, right now he he's transfer market's worth about ten million. DK is being talked about at twenty. You know, and look look what happens. So, so if we get him to the right place, then sell-on clause, sell-on clause, and then the next guy's got a sell-on clause, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. All right, all right. Um, Graham Graham brought it up a little while ago. Um, mm. News broke late last week on. Uh, uh, we we heard rumblings of it before a while back, but um, about the Wilf family, Ziggy Wilf and and the brother and cousin and everyone else, <laughs> the of the Minnesota Vikings, uh, mm -hmm. potentially they're rumored to potentially be buying Orlando City, and it could close as early as this week. Um, let's. Uh, I want to get you guys' feelings, and thoughts on 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 the pros and possibly. And any possible cons you might have on on um, on something like this happening, 
Uh, let's go ahead and start with you, Eddie. All right, so pros, um, they, they commit more to the club, right? They, they have a great training facility, an amazing stadium. Well, the stadium, it kind of shook down the city, I think, a little bit for that. But they, they, they pump money into it. The Vikings are not without anything, you know? They're, they, they're well-funded. They're well-supported. They have a great fan base. They've, they've taken care of that. They see that. They're not dumb um, people. Um, that, that's a pro. Um, Flavio is more, is around more than people think he is, but we, we, you, as you can see, we don't, we don't have this big transfer budget. We had a situation with the stadium, etc. These guys are, I think worth about 5 billion or so. So that, that's a whole, you know, 10 times what Flavio's worth. So you would think that it would transfer back into the club. You would hope, right? You would hope you get kind of an Arthur Black situation. And, but the cons is, if you look at these football guys, besides Arthur Blank, who I think, you know, his son plays soccer, etc. I think he was more of a soccer guy than people thought, maybe more competitive than people thought. Um, if you look at Bob Kraft, who loans the, the Revs and the Patriots, you look at Stan Kroenke, who, who, who's just ruined Arsenal. All he cares about is the Rams, it seems. And don't forget, he already moved the Rams. And then you look at... Uh, Lamar Hunt, who owns FC Dallas, he, he helped save the league. And maybe he's like, at this point, I'm done. And they've been running on a string budget since then. But, you know, he, he cares about the NFL. Patrick Mahomes makes $40 million a year, which is probably more than they've spent in FC Dallas salary, in, you know, since or 10 years or something, you know. So um, so that, that's where he's at. So you, you see some clubs are able to produce. But financially, the commitment you think would be there isn't quite there because it's a football. It's a, you know, football, not a soccer, soccer, um, you know, ownership. So what I don't want is is them because of the structure of the league being single entity with revenue sharing. It's safe. We're not. No one's going to get relegated here. No one's going to go down. It's very much like the NFL. The NFL, Ziggy Wolf and, and that and those people when Minnesota wasn't getting the stadium, the, the rumors, which wasn't directly by the Wolf, the Wolf family, um, but the rumors for the stadium was that, look, we don't really care if we're in Minneapolis or if we're in Los Angeles. Everybody in the NFL threatened to move to Los Angeles, or and which Kroenke did, um, or move to San Antonio, right? That was Those were the teams or some more to Florida. And um, or London even. Right. So the uh, what you you ended up seeing, what they said was we don't really care where we're at because we're going to get gate anyways because the league's so popular and the league shares revenue. It doesn't matter really what city we're in. Right. So there's a there's a safeness to the NFL. There's a safeness to MLS. It's not like a a rich league, but you're not risking a lot. You're going to. Um, and I, what I don't want is just for us to be part of the diversification of their portfolio. I, I don't want that. I want them to like be obsessed with winning. I want them to hate losing. I want them to see what we have put in place and build upon it, not destroy it, and not put their imprint in there. I just want them to write checks, and and that's it. That's pretty much what, what I want. So the, the pros are they can write a big fat checks. The cons is, are they going to write checks? And the track record of football first – um, ownership is not great. We, you know, we'll see what happens to Carolina, as well. But but we look at FC Dallas. You look at the Revs. You look at at the um, at the other clubs. Um, the the Rapids. It, it doesn't give me a warm, warm, fuzzy feeling to be honest. The grass isn't always greener. And uh, I'm so far, I don't know. I'm just skeptical. That's all. All right. Uh, any of you two, Kyle Graham. Yeah, I think a pro is that we knew this was going to happen. I mean, Flavio mm-hmm. came out and said, 
and what was that 2019 that, oh, I'm going to sell by 2022. And it's just, I'm going to philanthropy and that's, um, and it's going to be like that. And now we know who it is and they are stacked with cash. They are not, their pockets are not light in any way. Um, I think a con obviously is, is changes always um, tough for any, for any club to deal with really. I mean, you obviously look at Manchester United, the, the Glazers are not poor, um, but yet the change has, has really hurt that club and the fan base and the culture around that club. So I think, um, yeah, definitely the pro would be, they have way more money than we currently have. Um, and we can easily become the biggest spending team in the league. The con is that if they have a personal, I don't know if they have an ego or whatever, um, and they want to put their own people in and win with their own people, we could be very easily seeing the movement of a lot of front office people that have been very integral to our success, um, which would be a bad thing. So, Kyle? Yeah, I mean, my only apprehension is them trying to change the culture, the support for the supporters, um, just kind of the, the things that make Orlando great, which is our fans. Regardless of our success on the field, the fans have always kind of been the forefront of our, of our team. Um, and you're seeing what's going on with Columbus Crew right now and their little rebranding, um, just kind of for getting, no reason. getting away from what made that club so amazing. Another, which was another the, football owner, right? Yeah, and, it, yeah, and it, it didn't need to happen. And their, their fans, if they just listen to them, they have a great loyal fan base that literally saved the team. Uh, they don't always show up on game day. But um, so that's my fear is just uh, forgetting who we are at our core, which is our supporters. Yeah, that's another football guy. You know, Haslam comes and rescues the crew, you know, after a dude takes him, takes him, goes to Austin. And now he's, now he's, you know, he's got a marketing team, you know, trying to use his money in a rebrand and whatever, you know. And, uh, the, but another pro is uh, they like purple. So that's a pro. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, at least you don't know how changing colors. Look, let's be honest. World of football, I mean, there aren't, there aren't very many sports that are a little bit more shady in the margins than world soccer. And uh, the, the, the wills have taken controversial stances, be as they may to keeping their money, you know, talking about owing some fellows some money. And they're like, you'll get your check when you get it. And then, you know, they, they played Adrian Peterson despite the objection of many, cause maybe they wanted to win. So, I mean, that's bad. I don't like it, but they really liked winning and they're willing to uh, do what it takes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, my my only apprehensions are the same. Um, um, there's there's the potential for us to greatly up our spending um, if we need it, and not just spending on on the roster, but just around the club in general. Um, there's that potential of that happening. Uh, the apprehension is a lot of times we've seen many of the richest owners uh, come into this league and. Uh, they, they might have deep pockets, but they're not necessarily willing to, to use those pockets. Um, and they're, I, I, I'm just, as long as they're not coming here, basically just to get in before that TV deal comes, um, basically make this a business transaction. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and just, it's fine with the team just being average or mediocre. Um, as, as, long as, as long as they're in this for the right reasons and they want, they want a team, uh, they want a team to win, to be a champion, and maybe they feel, oh, this is, you know, MLS, maybe, you know, they don't, a lot of teams don't have a lot of money, so it could be a whole lot easier for me to become the New England Patriots of, of MLS or 
or so on. Um, hopefully they're here for those reasons. My only other branches, like you said, um, them potentially coming in and wanting to start at the top. And I'm going to put my guy in here, whether he knows soccer or not. I'm going to put my guy here because he's my guy and I've known him for 20 years. And that just filters down through the club to where you have a non-soccer guy hiring non-soccer people. Um, so that, that like like you guys mentioned, that, those are my only apprehensions. Um, it could go really good. It could go really bad. And um, only only time will tell. And and uh, hopefully once we get that, once this does happen, which it sounds like it's going to at some point in the near future, um, hopefully we'll get a whole lot more answers from the press conference or or whatever once something is announced yeah, uh, and it, if it does happen i want to lay a little groundwork too so they 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 got their own the vikings right they wanted to they they got the city to kind of build them a stadium right rumors are threatening to move they wanted to buy the rights of minnesota united they lost to the united health care guy and a group they wanted to play at the soccer they wanted to play soccer at the football stadium Right. Then that didn't work. So to me, they're, they're trying to buy low. They're buying an expansion team with upside. Right. That sounds like an investment to me. And then they, they don't get that. So they, they settle for what an expansion team in Nashville. Right. So what they give up for Orlando is a team that was, that was up and coming. You, you, you have it, the, the, the cost. I don't know. Flavio's supposedly asking for six. They're wanting four and a half, you know, 450 million, 500 million. I'm not sure. But with that comes a stadium. That comes the Orlando Pride. With that comes the Academy and the first team. That's a lot. If you look at the expansion, the expansion fee, and you add a stadium and you add a, a NS, NWSL and an Academy, it's not a bad deal, right? And, so, a decent, and a decent roster. And a decent roster, up and coming, and with the supporters we have, with a st- stadium in in downtown where it's at. So right. and, and a stadium that's getting tons of leases with US and all kinds of tournaments. It, it's it's Mel's investment to me, but we'll see. All right, uh, let's let's jump into our uh, our score predictions and previews for uh, DC United, who we have next uh, on the road. Um, how are you guys feeling about this next game? And then give me your score predictions, uh, Graham. I I really like this matchup for us. Um, obviously, DC United's new manager Hernan Losada, who comes in and he's, I mean, his philosophy is all up press and it's almost like San Jose last year minus the man marking um but I think with the with the midfield that we have in in three really good passes of the ball in Pereira and um Mendez and Junior Urso I think we can really take that apart and play through that press and get out on the run and score a hell of a lot of goals all right uh score prediction oh um I'm gonna go I'm going to go 3-1 Orlando City. All right. Eddie? Yeah. Um, it, it look at the way uh, DC, you know, they have problems kind of defending against the wings. I think this is a, a chance where we, we could go wide and, and attack at that point. And um, I think, you know, I don't think they're great at counterattacks. That press, once you get by it, they're scrambling. And they're, they're, it's a new system. They're kind of a little disorganized. You know, and I think we could take that apart. And I think this is a game we're going to see some some of that beautiful football. I think we we went two to nothing in this one. All right, Kyle. Yeah, I also think two to nothing. I think goals from uh, Urso, and I think either Tesho or Chris get another. Um, I think we're gonna we're gonna see a goal off of a turnover um, from DC United, kind of like Tesho's 
first goal against Cincy, maybe not quite that bad, but something turn it over in their own defensive third and we score quickly. Um, I don't think we concede to them. We, we, you know, as we've said, there are two goals we've conceded this season in four games and both were off our own mistakes. I don't think we make a mistake two games in a row. I just don't see them scoring on us. So I think a pretty comfortable two, nothing game, probably two, maybe two first half goals and just kind of ride it out. Um, that's my prediction. All right. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm on board with you, Kyle, actually. I'm going to go 2-0 um, to Orlando City. Uh, I'm going to say go to – let's get let's get Chris Mule off the schneid. I'll say a go to Chris and the other one will come from Owen Goal. <laughs> Owen Goal. Oh, Owen, Owen, Owen Goal. He's a homegrown. That's it. I'm going to say Mueller. He's, he's been around as Chris Wondolowski. <laughs> That's right. He's learning the, the game. I'm going to say a Mueller, too, just to get him off the schneid. And uh, I don't think um, I don't think DC is great on the air, so I, I think we have to worry about the crosses. They they send a lot of crosses in, and um, so we we we've, we've been good in the air this year actually. No crosses, no set piece goals. Don't want to jinx it, but I think uh, Antonio Carlos gets his head on one every game. I'm gonna say he finally gets one. So Mueller, and then we, we get a, a Carlos go off a set piece just because I want to see it happen. And I'll go with um, a goal from Benjamin Michel, a uh, like goal that. from. Junior Urso, and then a goal from Brendan Heinzike on goal. <laughs> oh, he even, he even, he even, ooh, he called I like out. that. Called him out. <laughs> I love it. I like that. All right. Uh, last, last segment before we're out of here. Um, this, it's time for shout outs. It's time for random shout outs. I'll, I'll go ahead and start uh, random shout outs for, for you, Kyle, or you, Graham. Um, you just shout out anything around soccer or whatever, whatever random thing in general. I want to um, shout out. Oh, go ahead. I want to shout out Ruby Rubin. That goal was insane. Um, against San Jose, that was ridiculous. That will be goal of the year if it's not some Atlanta one. Um, and also I want to shout out Cleon thinking he can beat a thousand toddlers at a time. Um, <laughs> Bro, he most certainly, work. most certainly cannot beat a thousand toddlers at a time. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, my fellow army brethren, uh, Kyle. I, people forget Cleon's a veteran too. I am, I am a hand trained. I am a, I am a hand trained killer. Kyle, are you trying to tell a toddler is two to three years old? You trying to tell me I would have a problem with one thousand barely can walk, can wipe their own butt toddlers? They would, they would get on site. It would be over. Uh, Kyle, yeah. you're gonna be a dad what in a month? A couple weeks? Yeah, three three weeks. In three weeks. So you, you gotta think about if your toddler was one in a thousand, what is your answer? Oh, Cleon's <laughs> kicking my kid into the sun. One <laughs> big yeet yeet bomb going kapow yeah, to all these easy. kids. It's easy. You just work. start swinging. You easy start swinging work. your legs. There's there's nothing Ooh. they can do. It's easy Look, work. I don't understand. Yeah. I don't even understand how this is an argument. It's easy. It's work. about it's about getting tired. You know. Okay. And that leads to to my shout out. You know, someone who never gets tired. Is Chris Wondolowski, you know, like <laughs> Wando. I'm finally, I'm finally getting over the Belgium thing. It's absolutely absurd. This guy looks like a PE teacher, and he always finds a way to get open and score. He never gets tired. It, he's saying it's his last year. 
because of his family, but he looks he looks in better shape than before. He went on some health kick. He looks thin, slim, and trim, you know. And he he finds ways. So I, unless you're Wando, I think a thousand dollars wears you out. But but it, <laughs> d- just to give a little context, we, we have a, a chat and we have one of those. You know, would you rather face a, a you know ten chicken sized gorillas or or you know one gorilla sized chicken kind of debate and turn into attack toddlers and. It's been going on for a couple of days, so shout out to the, our, our weird chat. I'm, ins- I'm insulted that anybody would think I could handle one thousand dollars. It's easy work, <laughs> easy work. All right, um, uh, Kyle, go, Kyle. What's your I got, shout I got out? two. I got two shout outs. So my first oh, shout yeah. out is to the the Miami or Fort Lauderdale FC Siege supporters, the Atlanta United Resurgence supporters. Trash. They they couldn't find a way above us in the standings, but they found <laughs> friendship. And that's what matters in life. That's all that matters. You know, they, they, they suck at soccer, but they love each other. That's that's cool. Uh, also, so moment of silence. Uh, rest in peace to our fallen brothers, Maxime Cheneau and uh, Kalins. <laughs> they went down in a heap of glory. I just hope they're okay. I hope it wasn't career-ending injuries. Um, Thoughts and prayers. R.I.P. Yeah. Bro, you scared. You have no idea what you scared me with, man. Because yeah. you say R.I.P. Yeah. and I'm about, you know, shout outs. So I'm about to go. I'm about to go in on somebody, and then you come with the R.I.P. You know, you're military. So I thought you about. To, I thought something bad happened. I'm like, there's no way no. I can. There's no way I can go on after this. No. I was about right. to get the P.O.W. M.I.I. Hey, flag out. Hey yes. man. Hey. All right. So my shout out. It's gonna be to uh, J.J. is not here today, so I'm gonna have to continue. Um, my shout out. It's gonna have to go to. You Minnesota United fans, one more time for the third week in a row. <laughs> one more time. You almost had it. You almost had it, and I was there. You were hey. up 2 nothing. You were up 2 nothing. I shut the game off. I was like, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's over. 2 to nothing. Yeah. No way they're going to lose this. Next thing I know, goal. Next thing I know, another goal. I said, oh, I got to turn my TV back on. I turned my TV back on. Before I can get the channel, they're celebrating the third goal. Yeah. They're celebrating oh, the man. third goal. There's, How do you lose that game? There's a pettiness I was talking about. How do you lose that game? <laughs> Inchy ball. Inchy hey, ball. Hey, yeah. the eight-year eight plan. That eight-year plan is about to pay off in a minute. <laughs> if just got to wait are, one more year. Wait one more year. Are, the amount hey. of money those owners have put into that team, they, his his seat has got to be on fire. Fire. Like, there's no that's, way. You hear that crackling? That's a toasty butt. He's got the yeah. hot seat. <laughs> if there are any Minnesota United fans listening to this podcast, Open that glass box and smash that panic button smash immediately. It. Smash it. Yeah, I mean, when your when your coach says, I mean, how, part of why Inchi got fired so quickly, everyone blames the ownership. Blah blah blah. Remember, it, or or Flavio, it was Phil Rollins who did the deed, right? And part of it was he lost the locker room. And how how do you tell your team? You know that that's just, this is like in the book of one one, what not to do to lose your locker room. You know, if, when you say, hey, we're getting bombarded, I thought we were going to lose. So with 20 minutes left, <laughs> I, I went for the draw. What? Yeah, my DP, you know what? Hey, let me take you off, Messi, Ronaldo, because we want to hang on for this draw against Atletico Madrid or whatever. After that I was, that starting I was with not scoring and not be, and being up 2 nothing at home and then losing, that's how you lose a locker room, man. Hey, man. Hey. All right, so... uh. Yeah, that'll that'll be it. That'll be it for that'll be it for this week, bro. That'll be it for this week. Uh, I gotta say, peace and salutations to all of you. Anybody got something, anything to say on the way out? Hey, no. Hey, thanks to Graham and Kyle for joining. Graham's debut. 
Thank Grandma's you. grown up right in front of our eyes from 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 a, one of the toddlers attacking Cleon on the wall <laughs> right. to, a, to, a, to a young man. And Kyle, Kyle, but hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll have you guys back on. If not, by the time, you know, Kyle will be a, a first-time father here yeah, soon. Be, be so. a dad here soon. Hey, yeah. So. Hey, if, if, if anybody else is doubting, if anybody else is doubting the U.S. Army's uh, uh, training, training regiments here, bro, I don't care if I'm 40, how, how old I am now, man. I, I'll hey, let you know right now. Hands. Line them up. Line them up. <laughs> y'all got a thousand toddlers? Yeah, if y'all have a thousand toddlers, line them up right now, and they all going down. They're, Guaranteed they're, that's on your, site. That's your army recruiting sp- uh, spiel right there. Be all you can be. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Right, it was guys. a pleasure. All right. It, Thanks for coming on. Peace out, guys. No pato, no party. Yo, best. you want to hold him? No, I'm good. Straight up, Xander's my boy, but not this hawk fool, okay? Hawk's a dumb name. You come in here like you own the place with your cool vans, steezing, like you're some sort of god. You're not god. You're a one-year-old child, okay? A one-year-old douche. Like, I've known you since ninth grade, bro. You've known this guy for maybe a year. Maybe. Yo, why is he looking at me like that? What's up, little bud? You got a staring problem, pal? Like what, dude? He's just looking at you. He's a baby. He's just Look at his face. You. Dumb little face. Stop. Yo, Zan, get your boy, dog. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for listening to the Orlando Lions Den Podcast. Until next time, be sure to check us out on Twitter and Facebook and at OrlandoLionsDen.com. Thank <laughs> you.